Yo, yo, yo. All right, All right we good, man. Had some technical difficulties. Te- technical difficulties. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, 100. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what's up, everybody? I'm your host, Vaughn, and you are now tuned to the For What It's Worth podcast. I got a special guest today on the episode, a close friend of mine, Brian. I wish I had a sound effect, man, so I can like do some claps and shit, but we're just going to do the solo clap. It's just me clapping. But hey, uh, wrong. for sure. Yeah, and hey, you got any um, social media you want to um, shout out so that people can follow you or whatever? Oh, man. Well, first and foremost, you know what I'm saying? You got the IG underscore young Y-O-U-N-G blazing b-l-a-z-e-n underscore and that's that's the um instagram don't have a twitter you know what i mean but definitely that's the instagram you say you ain't got a twitter nah bro oh, all these years man i never went ahead and did it bro <laughs> year for years man all this, this has been its infancy never got one bro man twitter's like a world of its fucking own yeah bro i'm, I, I'm aware how that twitter how that twitter world work and all that bro i just ain't never did it yet that's so you saying go ahead finally get with the times and man go ahead and get twitter i just got twitter I, to be real with you i didn't get twitter until i started doing the podcast i just saw oh, it wow. as another... so you knew so you knew to the to the twitter you know what i'm saying relatively new to the twitter game too okay yeah so. i'm new to it too i'm just a year in but when i got it i'm like all right this is another avenue i can post the podcast on and i'm oh, gonna no scroll down the tl it'd be some of the Wildest shit. I'm yeah, like, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> this another world of its own. But um, yeah, I mean, we're gonna talk about a few things today, man. First, you know, a few topics we're gonna talk about. Just regular shit that's just going on in the news and the media. Uh, first off, I feel like we are at the tail end of this whole COVID bullshit. You know, <laughs> you, you think, you think so? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm going to tell you why. First of all, Coachella, which is the biggest, I would say the biggest concert in the world. I agree. They done lifted every COVID-19 mandate. Like, all restrictions. You ain't got to have a, a COVID test, positive or negative. You ain't got to wear a mask. You ain't got to be vaccinated. Like, it's back on some 2019 type shit. For sure. And, you know, if this is 2020 or something, man, it'll be an uproar to stop it, but Ain't nobody really saying nothing, man. The news is letting kids go to school. If you got COVID or not, you can still be in school. You ain't got to self-quarantine. So I pretty much feel like we had the tail end of it. The whole thing about it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I ain't want to, you know what I'm saying, cut you off. Like you said, we have, you know, the COVID discussion is a very, very important topic. So I, yeah. I want you to, I ain't want to interrupt you, big dog, because I wanted to, you to get your thought out, man, for the sake of like, this is this is definitely a, a, a fickle, slippery slope topic. You know what I mean? But I'll say this, though. You know what I mean? I could definitely, I think that's where the world is trying to venture into again. You know, the endemic. <laughs> of right. Life. But um, I think, I think it's like this, man. Um, For me, I, my outlook on it is, I definitely agree, man. We it should start getting towards that point, but I'm also in the in the thought process of I still feel like we all don't know en- enough about okay, what's the precautions of this? You know what I'm saying? Okay, how many people have got vaccinated? Okay, what is the where is COVID at in the grand scheme of things at this point in time in this phase of the game? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, is this something that I? Right, this is just something that's starting to get towards. I right, ain't really not too many more. Variants, and you know what I'm saying we get into a place where it's like, okay, this is just what it is. Let's just move forward with life being regular. This is something we got to live with. You know what I'm saying? I guess for me, it's just wanting to know a little more about okay, what are we doing here? Because like you said, you got places like California, other places around the country that's slowly starting to get into the hey, yo man effort. We just gonna we just gonna go back to just regularly scheduled programming. Just doing it on their own, just being like, "Effort, we just going, we just going to go in there, jump out the window, no parachute." Right. Me, I, I kind of look at it as I respect it, but I just kind of want to see more on a grand scale. Okay, what are we doing? What, what, where's the, where are we at with all of this? You know what I'm saying? Before I necessarily go all the way and jump out there like that, but I will say I'm definitely pro. Let's let's get it back on. <laughs> let's get it back. Let's get it back to what it was. All right. My mindset on it is, and I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but uh, hell, I be dabbling into it a little bit. But my my, my whole thing is, it's kind of like, 
why is it right now that we trying to end it? You know what I'm mm. saying? Like you done we done pushed out all the vaccines and now all of a sudden, okay, everything is cool. You know, it's them in four, five, ten different strands. It's a new strand now. I thought that Omicron, I was at the gym and I was talking to uh I was talking to one guy I was working out with and I told him, Yeah, I had to get vaccinated for, you know, a new job opportunity. And um he told me about a new strand. I'm like, Omicron? He was like, no, nah, Omicron is like last. It's some whole nother new shit. I'm like, I'm like, that's, right, crazy. So, that's crazy, dog. Yeah, he was like, so I'm like, so these vaccines just transforming and shit? Like, I don't, it don't make sense to me. And now you're coming out with a new vaccine for it, but at the same time, you're in the pandemic. I don't really know what the fuck going on, but like you said, man, I just, we need more information, man, as far as the way I see it, but you know, I ain't gonna stay on that too long because it's COVID. The motherfucker might sense you shit like that. So, Jan, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah you got you got to get in and get out. But, Absolutely. Um, did you uh did you watch the Super Bowl last Sunday? I definitely did. My team, my team, you know, the LA Rams was in it, man. So yeah, go salute to my guys, man, for real. So yeah, you know, I was watching it, man. <laughs> How did you feel about um the Odell injury? Oh man, um. I think the Odell injury is something for me. I know when it happened, dog, being a fan of the squad, it really, really had me going, man. Had me, had me bugging because I'm like, damn, man, this might be it, bro. You know what I mean? Because Odell got off to a fast start, man. It was looking like he was about to have a monster day in the big game. Yeah. And my first thoughts were just like, damn, man, he hurt, bro. I don't think we can do it without having our, having our, you know, our receiving core kind of, you know what I mean? But um, as far as the injury itself, bro, um, no, nah, I man, it's an unfortunate injury. And being that he's tore his ACL before his first year in Cleveland, you know what I'm saying? Um, it was definitely – it's something, bro. You know what I'm saying? Hold on, it's, hold it's on, a, hold on, hold on. Did he tear – not to cut you off. Did he tear his ACL in Cleveland or was it in New York? Because I thought in Cleveland he had like a broken ankle or something. I want to say it was in Cleveland. I could be wrong, bro. It could have been in um, New York or Cleveland. Don't know which, but he, but he's definitely had an ACL tear before. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. And and basically, um, that's the situation right now. You know what I'm saying? As he tore it again. But I think you're right, bro. I think he did tear it in New York. And I think um, the first year in Cleveland, the last year was the ankle situation. So you could be right. But that's what I'm, I'm more so worried about it because I'm, you know, when you know anything from being a former athlete myself, man, um, once you tear an ACL, anything within your lower extremity area, man, it's, it's always when you bounce back, you might not always bounce back. And you might lose a little something-something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It might not be much. But, you know, for me, I just hope that this is not a situation where it's a lingering injury for Odell. You know what I'm saying? So I would say for me, I just hope that, you know what I'm saying, he takes the time, rehab, get back sometime next year. And, you know, he's 100% healthy. But I just don't want it to be a situation where that, that knee problem is just a nagging thing that, just keeps on kind of constantly happening throughout the rest of his career. Yeah, definitely. I know as far as as far as Odell's talent, man, Odell is Odell when he's healthy. You know, we've oh, seen that. We've seen that when he came back, you know, this this um postseason. You know what I'm saying? And then the situation that he was in to step up. Cause I think the Rams had like two other receivers that Absolutely. got injured. And that's the reason why he was even called upon. I think he was like with the fourth option. No, actually, see, the situation was, bro, not to cut you off, but um, we had actually what happened was one of our receivers did get hurt, but then we signed him, right? And he was going to be our third option with okay. Cooper, Cooper Cup, and my man Robert Woods. But literally the day he got signed or the day after, my man Robert Woods tore his ACL in practice. So it's kind of mm. like an eerie circumstance. Like, wow, now Odell you know, pretty much by, you know what I mean, by default goes up to the second option, you know what I mean? But he would have been our third option if, you know, Robert didn't get hurt, which really would have, because if you know anything about Robert Woods, bro, and if y'all don't out there in podcast land, definitely do your research, man. He's a great, great receiver, dog. Like, him and Cooper was, and my man Jeff was, you know, Jefferson was holding it down. Oh, yeah. Before, you know what I mean? So Odell coming into the fold was just an added monster to our, to our pretty much Monster Factory we already had. So, yeah, man, I think that um, 
Odell coming in was perfect for us when Robert got hurt, even though he got he was signed before that. But it just all happened to work out. You know what I'm saying? So, nah, bro, it was a great pickup for us, man, and it did wonders for us. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But we're gonna wish that man the best of luck. You know, hopefully, sure. I think they said he's gonna be. I think he's gonna miss. If I'm not mistaken, he's missing all next season. Yeah, if not and all, then, definitely a great portion of it. <laughs> yeah, a great portion. Hopefully, man, the owners, the GMs, the front offices, you know, the best thing, the Rams, just keep them because of what he did. Oh, absolutely. He did contribute. But if not, hopefully the front office will be like, you know what, man, a healthy Odell can still produce for us. I mean, hell, they don't let Antonio Brown back in with all the bullshit that he was doing, so why not? This man just absolutely. had an injury. So. If, any, if anything, my man should get a good extension for what he's done. Exactly. Because we don't get there. We don't get to the Super Bowl. Let's be very clear. We don't get to the Super Bowl and win it. Without Odell Beckham Jr. doing what he was doing, period. So, and I'm, and I'm a Rams fan saying this. So, yeah, pay that man. Yeah, that's a fact. He definitely needs something, man. But, um, Kanye, <laughs> Kanye West, have you seen the documentary yet? Hey, it's funny, bro. I actually checked out the documentary yesterday, which is a funny. <laughs> Me too. Funny I thing. watched it last night. Yeah, man. I literally watched it yesterday, dog. <laughs> I think uh, what's the biggest? What was the biggest takeaway that you took from it? Uh, the biggest takeaway that I took from it, and me also being a Kanye fan and such a music nostalgia historian, a lot of the things from that documentary, some things I did know, you know what I mean, already beforehand, you know what I mean. But um, what I would say I definitely took away was kind of the reality of. Yo, man, homie really, really, really had it hard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I knew it already, but when you watch, when you hear about some, but then you actually really watch the footage of it from back then, it mm-hmm. really, really kind of hit different of like, dang, dog, cats really didn't believe. And I don't even think it was the fact that they didn't believe in Kanye as a rapper. I feel like, and as and as you know, you know what I'm saying, Brody, back then, at that particular time, Everybody wasn't really believing or being a producer and one of the rap was kind of corny and Cassius wasn't really believing in that and thinking that, okay, we know you as a producer, but you're trying to come over here and rap, dog. I don't know if we really, you know, what as fans and consumers who want to kind of buy into that? It's like, nah, right. you're your beats. And I think it wasn't the fact that they ain't believing him as a rapper. I think it was more so, man, we don't believe that you're going, if we sign you, that you can sell any records or produce any, any hits, you know what I mean? And for me, it just blew me away of just how much cats really was just kind of praying him to the left on the rap side. Oh man, for <laughs> real! Did you see the scene where he was going to office to office and yeah, playing it? And... and it's funny because that's what I was really as <laughs> talking. I was talking that them visions was in my mind. But yeah, when and, we'll, and and if you know anything about you know what I'm saying Rockefeller and the history of Rockefeller, that last scene when he went in there and was playing it. Okay, so again. I'm going to give y'all another history lesson for y'all out there in podcast land if you don't know. One of Jay, I don't know if she's still Jay-Z's assistant, but at that time, Colleen, she was Jay-Z's assistant, personal assistant. So when he went in there and played it for the All Falls Down record, who also was laying on the couch listening as well, was Biggs. And if you know anything about Biggs, he's one of the third owners of Rockefeller with Jay and Dane. So when they kind of didn't give him any real, you know, feedback or seem like they cared, you saw the kind of, he didn't want to show it, but you kind of tell that it kind of hurt Kanye's feelings and his spirit was down. Because I think in Kanye's mind, it was like, dang, this is Colleen pretty much. If I can't play this for Jay, this is the next best person I could play this for. You know what I mean? And damn, the only other, other, other one of the three that even own this junk is laying right here on the couch vibing. He ain't even fucking with it. He ain't anymore. even fucking with it. I think Colleen <laughs> got on the phone and said, "Y'all can stop recording." Like, damn. yeah, she did. I don't know if it was about to talk soon. I don't know what it was like. So, so Rockefeller business or something. That's like, all right. This ain't y'all business, but yeah, you feel me? Like, you know what I mean? So, I think that that right there really, I think, broke his spirit a little bit. It's like, damn, bro. If I'm trying to get signed to the Rock, as far as an artist and not a producer, and these two people that are the most important people I could play this to. Besides Jay and Dame, and they ain't fucking with it. I mean, what makes me think these niggas is going? You know what I mean? So, exactly. yeah, man, that was that was definitely one of the things I took away for sure. Just how 
damn, bro, he just couldn't. They just really wasn't fucking with him. <laughs> exactly. I think I think that was also one of the biggest ones. But what really got me was, man, you know, for just us being a part of this culture, man, and you know, for a lot of us, a lot of our dreams are the same. And, you know, for Kanye to pretty much have a dream of being the super producer slash rapper, you you could kind of say in a sense that it's delusional because mm. everybody wants to do it. Absolutely. So what makes you feel like you're going to be that one percent that can really pop it? And what I took away, what I mostly took away from it was the confidence that his mom had in him from Ooh. day one, dude. Like I was going to say that, bro. I was going to say that was another. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah, the confidence she had. I think it was a scene to where they was at the table or whatever, and she was, I, I forgot how did they get to it, but she was like, I want you to do that song that you did uh, a few years ago. And she, and she started was, she rapping it the word lyrics. for yeah, word. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, bro, like, she really, like, believed in him. And it's like, in a sense... I felt like that's what really pushed Kanye because when you got somebody like that and your number one supporter, your mom really pushing you like, yeah, I know you can do this. What else do you fucking need? And so, I you also know, think, not yeah. to cut you off, bro, another powerful thing about that too is I could tell the type of woman that, you know, Kanye's mother was, God rest her soul. Yeah, rest she would peace. keep it. She would keep it tall with Ye if she wasn't feeling it or if it wasn't hot. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I feel like with her even giving, like you said, that empowerment and that encouragement of, nah, bro, fuck that. Do that shit. I think that really made him feel like, yeah, they, don't, they, don't, they just don't get it yet. You know what I'm saying? And it was another powerful statement she said at that table when they was talking, because that's really one of my personal favorite scenes of this first episode of the documentary. Was mm-hmm. She was like, when the giant looks in the mirror, they see nothing. And that was just powerful to me. You know what I'm saying? When she said... Hold on. Re- re- repeat that again. I'm trying to catch it. They went over my head. I ain't going to lie to you. Because when she said it, it fucked me up too. And she was like, yeah. Because she was like, um, when a giant looks in the mirror, they see nothing. Okay. And then and, and when she explained it more, she was like, everybody sees the giant. You know what I'm saying? You know? The giants, they're big. They walk in the room. They... They captivate a room. They're a giant. Everybody looks. But when they look in the mirror, they see nothing. And she used that in the correlation of people talking about how Kanye, even back then, had his arrogance and boastful and, you know, big like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grinding. I'm here. Yeah, now, yeah. I think she kind of made, she made that in sequence to say, and I think that's a form of humbleness she was probably getting to with that saying, yeah, as a giant, all of y'all see me as who I am. And this, that, and the third. But when I look in the mirror, I don't see what y'all see. I don't that's see deep. I don't see this giant that y'all, you see what I'm saying? So that's when she explained it more. I started, okay, that's why I think she was going with it. Pretty much trying to tell him it's cool to be that giant and to be that guy. Because to be a star, you have to have a a, a level of ego, you know, je ne sais quoi, you know, posh, posh about yourself, as they say. But you also cannot forget at the same time. You're still a you still a humble being in this world. You still have to be humble and grounded to be able to hold this shit on your on your shoulders. You know what I mean? So it was that was that whole scene was powerful, dog. You know exactly. And to be honest with you, man, it's a when you really dig deep into something like that, it's a few ways that you can kind of dissect that because oh, of course, when you first said it, I got the notion of it was pretty much in the words of kind of like when you do certain things some people are going to be amazed and they're going to marvel and they're going to be in awe of it but you're not going to be that impressed with it because mm. you already knew you was capable of doing this you get you what i'm saying what? That, that could have been what she was going with it as well yeah you get what i'm saying yeah so it's like you said there's so many ways you could take that that's what makes it such a powerful statement and she probably meant all of those things when she yeah honestly <laughs> It probably meant everything. You know yeah, that was yeah. I think I heard a. Uh, I don't know if it was on this album or another album, but he pretty much was talking about his mom, and he was like, you know, it. Was, I I don't want to mess it up, but it was like you know, um, Donda brought life to the party. Yeah, he was like Jesus I swear Lord. that. Yeah, he was like I swear that woman um, rolled for me like a Harley and this yeah. and that. Yeah, because we and, were saying this um. 
Mm-hmm. She brought the life to the party. And ever since she dies, it took the life out the party. Yeah. I'm going to roll with me like a Harley. That's yeah. exactly what he said. <laughs> and that's let you know. But that scene right there lets you know, like, no, that's what he meant by that. Yeah. That's he why was when serious. he rapped the lyric, he was about to cry as he was rapping it. Because that that's how much that woman meant to that man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, like just yeah. like the other verse when he said, when he was like, um, he lost the only girl in the world that knows him Come best. Oh, man. That's a fact. It's like, yeah. And it's like, once you really look at it, you saw the interaction they had and how they was really on the same level mentally like she knew her son better than any like she knew like Kanye to be honest man if you're not on that certain level you won't really understand Kanye of course you get what I'm saying but she understood him and it's like yeah and I think that's the only woman that could have could have always really checked Kanye too and bring him back to bring him back to perspective if he got out of line you know what I'm saying exactly Yeah, man, that that documentary, man, watched last night. It was some parts that I ain't gonna lie, man. It almost made me shed a tear because, oh no, for sure. You know, even the situation where the the the, the nigga that was what's his name, I E D I U D, I think that was his name. Uh, he was somebody who taught Kanye how to make beats. Oh, you talking about Doug? You talking about Doug Infinite, man? Yeah, the Doug Infinite dude. Go ahead, yo, man. Homie's a fucking clown, dog. No, hey, hold on, hold on. When he, when he pulled up in the car, did you see his face when he was trying to explain himself? Yo, he looked terrified. Terrible. Dog. <laughs> like, he looked at... <laughs> he didn't realize. He, and, and it's funny because oh. me, and my, me and my cousins was in a group text because, you know, we all love Kanye and everybody watched the documentary. You know, this is part one. And the realest thing, first of all, before I even get there, but because right now we're dragging the wagon before the her, you know, the horse. Let's start from the beginning, dog. Thanks. He saw him at that conference and they was all sitting at the table. Yeah, he showed him nothing but love. He said on camera, yo, this man right here, like he gave him his flowers. Yeah. Then homie looked in the camera and started saying positive stuff about Ye. Mind you, that night, <laughs> you go on the station, start talking crazy, and then you got to think about this too, dog. You been heard that song that you made dissing me. Oh, yeah. You been, you been had that. that. So you was in my face today like it was all love, but you knew in your heart you already had a diss record from me. And you was good. You knew you was going up to the station doing what you did. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, wow, bro. And then what you was mad at me about, like Ye said, I said your name, dog. Double XL just didn't print it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you really took, you went, and you harbored this, made a diss record about me, saw me the same day, Never brought it up. It was all love, but you, but you knew in your heart what you was gonna do. To me, that sucker shit. Yeah, so, that, that that was that was foul as hell, man. So that like, but like you said, when they ran down on him, and I think the reason why I think Doug Doug Infinite felt comfortable enough thinking he could play like that was in his mind, being that he knew Kanye so long. Mm-hmm. I think he thought because he's older than Kanye. He said he met Kanye because his mom was, you know, his English teacher at Chicago State. So he's mm-hmm. Kanye since Kanye was 13. So I feel like in his mind, he probably felt like, okay, Kanye not no street dude. Kanye handle and, and hand don't reach that far. So if I say whatever I say, what is Kanye going to do? Kanye exactly. ain't no street dude. But then you realize like, yo, Kanye still, he, yeah, he might not, Kanye himself might not be that guy, but he got dudes around him and no dudes that are like that. Exactly. I think that's the part that had him like, oh, snap. You know what I mean? So then you go from once you realize that you, know, you got, like his one of his homeboys said, you say things that you say, you have to be held accountable for the things you say and do. You know what I'm saying? That's the law of life, man. You feel me? And then when another dude called up Kanye, you know what I mean? And Kanye had to pick up the phone and tell him, yo, it's cool. It ain't no street. You know what I mean? He had to get out the car and like, hold on, and he, hold Cause on. he was shook now. Cause he realized like, oh snap, like, Yo, these cats might, yo, it can go there. Exactly. But now you want to get out the car and you want to walk away and talk as men. Now, because you feel like cats gonna fuck you up. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know that, that, that scene right there was just crazy. And when he got in the car and went to dap him up, you can see Kanye look at his hand and look at him and just like, man, like he didn't even want to really shake his hand. You feel me? Because he realized at that point, as a man, I know what this is, dude. Yeah, like <laughs> we we can't never really come back from this. I'm gonna shake your hand. Yo, of but... course. And we gonna go and we gonna go in the back of the truck and and, and, and rap. 
but yeah, at this point, dog, this you, yeah, it's over with, bro. You you already burned this bridge because you gotta think. This is the thing right here, bro. What you gotta think about this is at that point you've already showed and exposed your hand. No pun intended, right? That mm-hmm. I can't trust you. I can't yeah. trust you, and you ain't the individual I thought you were. Because now you got me thinking that as soon as you felt slighted in some way, and due to my success, that gave that made you feel like you, you wanted to just go the first time. You go violate me in that way. So now that also let me know you was jealous. So you was jealous of my success. Exactly. You weren't happy for me because you couldn't wait to play with me in that way. So yeah, man. Thug Infinite is a man, he a sucker, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's me putting it mildly. Cause me as a person, as a man, and, and my principles, dog, like the way Doug Infinite went about that whole situation, dog, I can't get with that, bro. It was whack. And then it's like you 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 burnt the bridge that you didn't even know was a bridge to help you get yourself on. You understand? Just imagine you never would have dissed him and you stayed true to him and really, you know, gave him that love and respect. Look what Kanye and I ain't no telling where he could have brought you at. Oh, I mean, you know, but that's that's just a lesson to learn, man, in itself, man, for, you know, for just the viewers who saw that. That's that's oh, just sure. a lesson, man, for Don't sure. Don't ever bite the hand that feeds you or could possibly feed you, dog. Never. You can't never do that. I know Doug, Doug Infinite watched that back now like, bro, Oh, look this stupid. <laughs> I played myself, man. You played yourself, man? nigga. DJ Caliber. You look crazy as hell. No, crazy, dude. And it's on footage. So now you're going to have everybody. Not only did you play yourself as far as, like you said, look at Kanye now. Who knows where you could be right now or how far your career could have been if you stayed true. And now you got to look back as cats watching this now. Just off the record looking at you like, just regular niggas who know you like. Yeah, like, oh, damn, you, you like that? Yeah, oh, like, you yeah. were fucking, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know what I mean? So, it's a whole, yeah, man. <laughs> that, that that shit is crazy, man. But if you guys ain't seen that documentary, man, it's I think it's three episodes. Uh, I think the second one come out, like, the 23rd. But definitely go watch that, man. Yeah, that shit is, it's, it's a must-see. It's a must-see. Definitely, bro. If you, if you don't, if you've never been a Kanye West fan and you get caught up in the media bullshit and some of his wild antics and let that really kind of sway your perception of him, watch this documentary, and I promise you, you will look at the man totally different. Oh, absolutely. And I would even say this, bro, to take it even further. Even if you're just a fan of documentaries and, and, and nostalgic footage and content, definitely check this out, bro, because it's definitely going to give you all that and then some. And also, even if you're a big Kanye fan, go out your way to watch this. This is the documentary for you. Facts. It's sure. definitely documented for me, for sure. Oh man, I loved it, bro. I loved it, bro. For <laughs> sure. About it, I love. I love, bro. So shout out to yeah, shout out to you know Kanye and his guys for definitely taking the time to see the vision of making these doc. Yeah, that that's what's up, though. Uh third third topic. I ain't even really. I'm only I'm only speaking on this because of <laughs> what was said. But all right. You know, Ford and Logan Paul, um, I think they fought, what, six, seven months ago? It's been a minute ago. And uh, Logan Logan had um, went to social media and expressed that, hey, I ain't really got my money yet. You know, and I think with these type of fights, if I'm not mistaken, it's kind of like doing a concert. I think at a concert, you get like the upfront, then what you get like the back end. Yeah, yeah, the back end. All right, so I think the back end was pretty much bigger than what he got up front because you know pay per view was involved and this and that, and he was pretty much saying, "Hey, I ain't, I ain't got paid yet. I ain't got my money yet." And um, when I was like looking into it, I was like, "Well, there's no way you ain't get paid yet because I mean, ain't it, ain't it other guys you know that's that's involved that deals with that?" But then I had to think about it. Floyd is his own promoter, so Floyd literally pay these guys. Like, when he fought Pacquiao, Floyd paid Pacquiao. You get what I'm saying? So, Floyd had actually um, went on this podcast called The Pivot. Yeah, those um, my guys, man. Fred Taylor. Yeah, Fred Taylor, Shannon. Yeah, Yeah, Ryan Clark. And um, they brought up the topic. And and that's why I'm talking about it, because what he said, it was just so hilarious to me. Because, like, I couldn't believe he, he pulled that card. And um, they was like, you know, the Logan Paul situation. He was like, hey, man, you know, the back end money like this, 
depending on how much it is and seeing that it's so big, it takes time. Like I'm still receiving his words. I'm still receiving checks from seven, eight years ago. So things like this just take time, but he's going to get his money. And I thought he was going to leave it at that. Then he comes back around and say, and then plus besides, how long have you, how long have your people been on us? I said, I, know, I, said, I know Kanye ain't hit him with that. But I, I just saw that, man. That was just a funny uh, statement he made, man. Because it's like, I, I what you feel about that? No, nah, I mean, it really, it, it sums up what Floyd said. If you know anything just about, just really that type of business in mm-hmm. general. You know what I mean? And Floyd's never been the type of dude that's ever been known as being a janky businessman. So yeah. it's just a situation where, you know, like he said, your money coming. You're going to get paid. And also, man, I'm not a big fan of people taking things like that to social media when if you don't have, you know, the direct line to Floyd, you have right. somebody that, that's close to Floyd you can holler at and just, you know, figure out the situation behind the scenes, man. So I'm not even a fan of the whole bringing it to social media because everybody don't need to know that. Yeah, yeah. That, that That's something that I be saying, too. And I be watching these celebrities beef with each other and doing I'm like... Y'all don't, y'all managers don't know each other. Like y'all assistants me? don't. I mean, the, but y'all but, know. But see, most niggas who be beefing know each other too, or know of each other in a way to where, all right, let me go, let me get homie contact, bro. Exactly. And what people don't know, man, you might think the music industry is big. It's, it's really, really not. not. It's really not. <laughs> it's really not. Fam. It's not, it's man. Really everybody not. knows everybody. Everybody can get in contact with, with everybody. everybody. Even if you don't know them. Yeah, you, it's nothing. It it's nothing. Crazy. Whether you go through record labels, whether you got a friend that's an artist who was friend with this other art. That's it, bro. Really, that's the only, really, that's it. That's just like, for example, let's just say, all right, we're doing what we're doing now. You know, for what it's worth, we get to the point to where we on that level and we trying to get guests, major artists or whatever. Let's right. just say, okay, for example, all right, we might know a cat like Cole, but we trying to get, I don't know, Jay, yo, Cole, right. holler at Jay for us. You know what I'm saying? We don't even got to even go through nobody but him because, okay, bet I got y'all. It's nothing for me to get in touch with with the homie, you know what I'm saying, with Hov. You know what I mean? It's exactly. nothing. So really just don't have being cool with another artist it's nothing to get in contact with anybody. So that's why it's funny. Like you said, people think the music industry is big, but it's like, bro, it's really not, fam. <laughs> it's really not. No, it's really not. Even even when you think about the celebrities and the 1%, the people that is rich, man, why do you think all these rappers and ball players date the same Exactly. Because it, the it circle is not that big, bro. It's not that big. It's not a lot of them, bro. It's not like... It's not a lot of millionaires and people up there in that status, and they, you know, they they ain't stooping down and dating regular Joe's, so they gotta, yeah. yeah exactly. But um, but yeah, that that statement he made, man, I I just found that funny, so I had to throw that in there. Yeah, for this sure. Next, nah. <laughs> this next topic, we gonna we gonna speed through this so we can get to the meat and potatoes of the, the episode. Hey, one hundred before we run out of time. But um, Question. you know the baby, uh, everybody knows the baby. Of he was he was dating, and I hope I say her name right. Is it is it Dana Lee or Dana? I'll be calling her Dana Lee. I'm gonna be, be honest, bro. I don't even know how to pronounce it my damn self, dog. We just going we just going kick it the way we kick it. Y'all yeah, we gonna kick it. About. I'm from the <laughs> south, man. I'm gonna call her Dana Lee. Like it yeah. is what it is. Y'all all know who we talking. Yeah, about. you know what we talking about. So you know, for you guys who don't know, you know, I guess they dated for a while. According to the baby, she was just a side chick, whatever. They got a baby. Um, a situation that happened to where I guess he had went live and pretty much told her she was just a side chick and he was kicking out, whatever, blase, blase. Her brother, you know, being a brother, saw what was going on and stepped up and, you know, made it clear that he had an issue with the baby. And uh, pretty much saying when he see him, it's on site. Well, they end up seeing each other at a bowling alley in L.A., and I think this was last week, Super Bowl weekend. I think it was like a Saturday or whatever. They saw each other in the bowling alley, and um, from the video that I saw, it wasn't that much talking. The baby just attempted to steal off on bro, and then they got to slipping and sliding and jumping the dude at the um, um, bowling alley. The crazy part is now the brother is coming back, and he's trying to sue for $3 million. Now, this is how I feel about a situation. 
Matter of fact, I'm gonna let you give your opinion on it before I, before I get into it. Cause okay. mine is more so on the 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 law side. But go, I'm gonna let okay. you go first. Um, for me though, bro, I'm a, I'm gonna kick it like this, man. Um, at first, you know, when I when I saw, well, before we go any further, it goes back to piggyback what we just was talking about. People putting things on social media and running straight to the internet when it's an issue. My mm-hmm. brother should have went ahead. Reached out, and he could have had the same energy and felt the way he felt. Mm-hmm. Could just hollered at the baby on some off the record, like, "Hey, yo, bro, I don't appreciate." You know what I'm saying? Literally, what he said on camera. But went ahead, hollered at him. Now we're going to get to the part where they see each other at the bowling alley. Now, me as watching it at first, I had respect for Danny Lee's brother. Oh, for sure, I had respect for him. The first thing I thought was, "Yo, for him to walk up on." Them, you know, the baby with a group of his guys and stand on his square and, and do what he did. I was cool with that, you know. What I'm saying? I respected him as a man for it, and right. then I'm gonna say, even on the other side, I respected the baby's crew because you gotta look at it like this, bro. The same thing that we all seen what happened with Nipsey Hussle when he got killed. First thing we all think, rightfully so, yo, your man's in him around, yo, how'd they allow this to happen to him? How right? they allow that? Real talk. Yeah. So you see, in the baby situation, once the baby stole off on him, his guys got with you know they did what they did, and a lot of people, you know, for all the people out there that saying, "Hey yo, jumping them, that's some sucker shit." Da, 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 da. Let's keep it all the way real. They really spared homie for real, dog. No, they really spared Cause him because they really could have washed them the fuck up. Like, let's just call it what it is. They could have really could. They could have dragged him out yeah. the bowling alley. Sure, honestly. they could have got over on buddy like. That was just a little molly wop to let it be known, like, hey, dog, <laughs> right. go ahead on, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, so I respect, you know, I was okay, cool, you know, it was a little dust up. For me, I looked at it, it was okay, it really ain't about nothing. This shouldn't necessarily go any further, you know what I'm saying, than this, whatever. Shit should be squashed behind the scenes, family matter. But then when he goes ahead and tries to file the lawsuit, dog, for me, that's when it makes you think, damn, was that a clout move? And, and that's and that that was my whole you know what I'm saying? That was my whole thing about it because even when it comes as far as the lawsuit, because what happened if you come from a, a certain background and a certain that ain't niggas have seen that a thousand times. So that, oh, that was really nothing. But as far as the, the legal action he took, it's like, dude, at the end of the day, you about to really make yourself look stupid. Because for one, do you got the money to really battle this man in you court? Don't. Really don't. And on top of that, all he going to do is scream self-defense. At the end of the day, you told me on social media it was on site. So when I seen you, I feared for my life. I don't know what you got on you. I don't know what's and, going and through you your mind. you walked up on me. And you walked exactly. up on me. Exactly. And the thing about it, nigga, how did you even get in there? Because there was a lot of celebrities in that bowling alley, dude. So, like, how did you get the fuck in there? I'm thinking that's like a private location. You know, okay, we're going to rent it out. This yeah, I thought of... it was necessarily a public situation. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't think me and you could just walk up in there. So Absolutely like, how the not. <laughs> how the hell did bro get in there with all these celebrities? But yeah, even on top of that, man, you confronted him, and then you already said, "Hey, when I see you, it's on site." That could mean anything. All I gotta do is scream that in court. That's self defense, and I got a million dollar lawyer. Come on, man, it's just just cut it. And he, also, he gotta bro, cut that shit, man. And also, dog, to keep it even more really to make to even put more validity. Into what you you know what we where we're going with now with the whole clout chaser angle, you got to think. She, the baby, and his sister was dealing with each other and messing with each other. Let's be real. Maybe let's. I'm. Mean, we just gonna put a ballpark figure on it. Let's just say two years, right? Mm-hmm. You, I'm assuming, dog. You her blood brother, so you seen homie, in in in, in some off the record situations and also even on the record. So you're very well aware. And I'm and I'm gonna tell you a little side story real quick to to get to where I'm going. You know, I have um, you know, people. You know, what I'm saying that I know that know the baby. And what? if you know anything, of course, bro. You know, what I mean, some of my some of my um my guys that do camera work and you know what have you. And I will say this, bro. If you know anything about the baby, homie, don't roll. He rolls how he rolled, you know what I'm saying? And I know that her brother knows that, you know right. what I'm saying? So for you to even see him 
and see his people around and to even walk up. Now, granted, before the clout move came, I still, I really genuinely respected it. But now that I'm thinking about it from the other angle, with you knowing that, mm-hmm. and you walking up on homie like that, fam, you already knew what it was hitting for. You try, you to, set, you try to set your own little play up. Exactly. You tried yeah. to make a play, and it and if you want to keep it real, you probably thought for the short term it worked for you, but now, like you said, it's gonna blow up in your face now, dog, because you threatening that man. You on record threatening him. Yeah, you on record that. that I, I feel like you saw the video, right? Yeah, I saw it. I feel like the only argument he could possibly have is. But then again, he don't even okay. After he got dragged across the goddamn floor, they was already proceeding to head out. They break and they're like, all right, we're gonna go ahead and get up out of here. As he's walking behind them, I think one of the babies um entourages shot them and like I think cracked his lip over something, lip open or something. I'm thinking, did you see that part? Nah, that I didn't catch. You gotta rewatch it. As he's walking, he's like, nah, nah, fuck that. I guess somebody was like holding him back, like, nah, chill, don't let it go no further. And he uh, he broke away from him. It's, you know, he getting socked again. So I'm like, that's but probably see, the only argument he could but, have. But I'm, but, nah, because you got to think about it like this, bro. Him breaking free, running back. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? It, <laughs> yeah, you just... Need, that, you just going to look crazy, man. But. You should have just left it alone. You know what I'm saying? You didn't, that's what you get, you know what I mean? Oh. You play like that. Man, this, this is another lesson that people can... Uh, learn from just keep shit off the internet, man. Don't go clout chasing. Don't That's and it. It, and another thing, if you're not ready to take it to where another person is ready to take it to, don't even go. Let that, don't even. Yeah, let, let that shit be me. Let somebody else handle it from your side. It it ain't it ain't worth it, man. But um, to get into the meat and potatoes of the um the episode. I really wanted to kind of touch on how or, or why we as people tend to use our traumas and our downfalls to really motivate us. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I was thinking about it last night and I was like, you know, as for me, it's like where I'm, when I finally make it to where I truly feel like I'm destined to be, if somebody would come to ask me and they say, Hey, what what drove you all these years or what what motivated you? For me, I'm gonna tell them straight up, hey, it was it was the certain family members who talked down on me and made it seem like I couldn't do it. It was, you know, the niggas who attempted to to, to shit on me. It was certain things that happened in my childhood. It was the women who, you know, flaked on me and tried to play mm-hmm. me X, Y, yeah. Z. All of this fueled me. But if you want to really put a label on all of that, that's trauma. Absolutely. You know what I'm Absolutely saying? Like, like we can say it's nothing. Or it's mother- That's trauma, dude. But a lot of us, when you think about ball players, athletes, entrepreneurs, and then nigga Oprah Winfrey, Jeff Bezos, whatever, all of these guys, what fueled them, it was always something negative. Whether they come from the poverty of different towns or, you know, Hell Poverty yeah, in America, they dad being a crackhead or whatever Molest- it was. Being molested. Yeah, yeah being molested. They are, We always tend to lean towards that for fuel. And I thought about it. I said, man, why we don't... And, and just like for myself as an individual, why, why I never lean towards the conversations me and my grandma had coming up when she was telling me that, you know, I'm destined for greatness and, you know, God got a plan and I got to just put my mind to it and that happened. Why don't I really lean into that as fuel? Why don't I lean into the conversations that me and my closest homeboys have? Conversations me and you had from time to time. It's like, why don't as people we lean into that more for fuel instead of our traumas? And I I didn't really have an answer for it. So it's like, what what do you feel about that? That's a great question, man. And, and I think that's a I think that's a question and conversation we all should have more often. Yeah. I really that's because I that is a good question, man. Why does that why do we as people lean more into the traumas to motivate us to be great instead of just looking at looking at it with the positive optimistic attitude of this is what I want let me just go get it 
and I'm gonna get it. Not even let me. I'm gonna go get it, and then I'm, let, and I'm gonna get it. You know what I mean? Right. And use our own personal just go get it mentality of just wanting it so bad. St- I mean, that's what, I, I think for a lot of us, bro. I think it's because it's that thought process of when I make it. I'm a, I guess we, I think, matter of fact, I'm gonna just go even further and go even deeper, bro. And you're probably mm-hmm. gonna really be like, mm, when I say this, but I think it's the old cliche of us thinking money and fame will bring us happiness. Yeah. I think that's really what I think a lot of it is, bro. And you know what's funny? It's funny that you said that because I was watching on um, a few Mike Tyson interviews and, um, he was talking about how when he was at the top of the world, he he felt like shit. He wasn't happy. And the interview was like, what? He wasn't happy. He was 18. He had millions of dollars. He was a world champion. He stopped him. He was like, no. If you think money makes you happy, you obviously never had a lot of money before. And I was like, damn, that's some real shit. So, yeah, I, I feel you on that one for sure. So I think I think that's what a lot of us do, and I don't think it's our fault. I think it's a natural thing that how society has built and then go and put it and then and had it ingrained in all of our minds that yeah. being being famous or being popular or being rich and all of this will will bring happiness and change and lessen the challenges in your life. And it's like, nah. Sometimes, to be honest with you, it makes it worse. It does. You know what I'm saying? It makes it worse, honestly. But when we're in the situation we're in now, when we don't have it, we don't even... I think a part of it is not having the ability or we don't even care to think that far. But we exactly. just want to get it. <laughs> we just want to get it. So we sometimes we look at it as we'll cross that bridge when it comes. I just want to get it. Let me get Tunnel it. vision. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, bro. Tunnel vision, dog. You know what I mean? So I think that's a lot of it, man. You know what I mean? And I and I also find it funny that we use our trauma as motivation, but I think what we need to start doing is using it as less motivation, but using it more as helping us, using it more as a tool to rehabilitate us. Definitely. Yeah, you know I mean, and I think that that's something I think we should start doing going forward as a as a society and as people using our traumas to really use it as rehabilitation, really going to to seek therapy and really actually speaking it. You know what I'm saying? Instead of internalizing it. Definitely, definitely. You know what I'm saying? It's just, that's a you feel me? Like that's a lot there that I think, which is a great topic, bro. Like I don't think we talk about this enough. And then I also feel like I feel like one, now that now that we're talking about it, you know, my brain is really starting to, you know, um, the wheels are starting to turn. I'm starting to really think about it more deeply. I truly feel like we use for fuel, and I'm not gonna say everybody, but like I said, this is my opinion. I feel like we tend to lean in towards that for fuel. So then, so when we do make it, we got somebody to point at. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah, I well. got like well. yeah, I made it to the league. It was me and my mom when we were struggling. My dad wasn't there. He didn't even come to teach me how to be a man. He didn't come to save us not one time. Yeah. You got somebody to yeah. point at. That's what you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. You got some exactly you got somebody to stick it to. If I just use, like I said, the words that my grandmother gave me, the words that my closest homeboys gave me, or whoever, my teachers, or whoever it might be, you're not sticking it to nobody. So it ain't that mm, when you make it like, yeah, yeah I told you, nigga. Story, that, yeah, yeah, that's like not, that's it, not the good story. You exactly, know what I'm exactly. So you know, it's definitely a conversation that you know we should have more often. It's definitely something that you know we definitely should just take a step back and and just not even with that man, just a lot of things in life, man. Just taking a step back and just reevaluating how we see things. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I, just, I agree. Yeah, just getting out of norm of you know. How we see things, man. That's that's definitely something I feel like we all as people should just do, man. Absolutely. I agree with you hundred percent, bro. And 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 also just and also, man, like you said, man, sometimes it's not always about sticking it to somebody. Sometimes it's just about making it looking back at the road, let's travel mm-hmm. in the process. I think another thing people don't do enough is embracing the process of you making it to the mountaintop. Exactly. That's really truly the story. 
that that's really the prize. Like I you had an episode. One of my first episodes was the journey is the prize. The prize ain't the prize ain't winning the championship. It's all the shit you had to go through to get to the championship. Just even get there. Because all that did was make you better and make you get to the point to where you was ready for this moment. Exactly. So it really is simple as that, bro. You know what I mean? So exactly, exactly. But man, our time has ran out for this episode. This was a good one, bro. Oh, no, this for is sure. really hey, a good before one. we leave, bro, um, real quick, man, I, I really wanted to talk about, man, real quick. Go ahead. What, what, what we doing? What we doing? What we doing with James Harden, man? I, I ain't really feeling the whole how he the next situation, how he did, you know, two year, two teams in three years, man, and the whining and the like. What, what we doing with James? I mean, we ain't got to dig deep into that. It's simple. James gonna be James. <laughs> James gonna be James. James gonna take his bougie ass somewhere. If it don't work out, if he feeling it, he gonna shake his way out. He gonna pout and complain. He gonna do certain things until he get out. And as far as the Nets, to be honest with you, man, when you sit back and look at just the the success rate of the Nets and what was going on, did you truly need James Harden? Not really, though, bro. Not really. You really didn't. Did you truly did you truly need James Harden? Like, could you have worked with somebody like Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and, and, and two bigs as anchors or, or two stretch bigs? Did you really Pretty need much. James Harden? Did, all James Harden was doing was just an extra, extra icing on top. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he was a I he he was the piece to where, okay, this is gonna overload us. Exactly. Yeah. But no, but see, a lot of times, man. They look at the talent of the player, but they don't look at the baggage that the player is bringing to the organization. Exactly. Just like Kyrie. Kyrie is an amazing player. He's great. But if I was a front office GM, I'd be cautious of how I bring Kyrie to my organization because I know what's going to come with it. This is not somebody, this is not somebody you can talk to about certain things. He's headstrong. Nigga, if I don't want to get vaccinated, I'm not getting vaccinated. He's that type of player. You're seeing it. So yeah. it's like you gotta really compensate. Like, all right, I might get some wins, but god damn it, I'm gonna be in the media every week. And god damn, everybody gonna be looking at yeah, me. This what comes with a player. It's gonna constantly be an issue in the locker room. You know what it's I mean? It's gonna constantly be an issue in the locker room, man. But as far as James Harden, he got what he want. I don't think it was a bad trade. I really I don't, feel think, I don't like... think so. I don't think so neither. I oh, think yeah, it honestly will help Brooklyn more, in my opinion. Oh yeah, help Brooklyn more because now you got a you got a man. Listen, man. Uh um, what's my man named Drummond? Yeah, God, I wish we could have kept him this year, man. Good God damn, he yeah. ain't a defensive anchor. He was never really that offensively. You know, it's it ain't really there as it used to be because he got an old school style of play. But that's somebody who can get you a thousand rebounds a game. Oh, absolutely, bro. So he definitely do. He gonna definitely do that garbage work. And I think that Ben Simmons is going to definitely have a I'm, – I'm putting it on record now, bro, a career resurgence in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. He, he about to go stupid. And right, you got so, Seth? Oh, man. Yeah, man. So I think it really is going to work out better for Brooklyn in the long haul. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. The Nets really won. Yeah, the Nets definitely won. And I now don't get me wrong, I think Philly, I think Philly will be great for the short term, but I don't think for the long term, I don't see James Harden retiring in Philly. Let's just call no, it what it is. So nah. this this is a pit stop from, from you want to keep it a band. Yeah, it's, it's a, a pit stop. stop. James James isn't one of those players to where I don't I don't think James really has roots to anywhere. Like like LeBron got roots back to Cleveland. Players like DeMar DeRozan and Russell Westbrook, they want to go play for LA because they grew up and this is the team that, that they've been loving forever. I don't think James Harden has that place to where this is where I really want to retire at. I want to go back home. So he pretty much is going to bounce around the league until, I guess, I don't know until he find what really works for him, but you've been in the league for what, 13 years? Pretty much. You've been in the league for a while now, bro. Over a, decade. For, uh, over a decade, man. It's, you know, it's it's time to figure out what it is that you really want. Do you really want the rings or do you want the the individual accolades and, you know, the individual spotlight of what you bring to the game of basketball. And I'm going to keep it real, bro. I thought he was going to retire in Houston, man. I felt like Houston was the perfect, you know what I mean? I don't don't know. 
I mean, yeah. Louisville, I get it because Houston is an organization that front offices really don't see. Look at what they're doing now to John Wall. So Houston yeah. definitely is a team. I get why he wanted to leave, but I definitely thought that Houston was a decent fit for him for what it was worth. But you know, I mean, so, when you think about it, Houston was for, for who James Harden is. Houston really was the best fit because Houston don't really care about winning, bro. <laughs> you feel me? They <laughs> don't, man. It's just the fact that we have a star player here that can yeah. like the seat relatively exactly. to some degree. He seems happy being here somewhat. So, you know what? Effort, man. We're going to roll out. We're going to support the Rockets. Because yeah, Houston's one of the yeah. biggest cities in America. So, that's why I felt like Houston was a great fit for him. You know what I mean? He was at Houston for honestly, I think damn near out of his. He was in Houston probably for what six, seven, eight years of his thirteen-year career. He got there in two thousand and twelve. So yeah, so he's been there, you know what I'm saying. So for me, I look at it, Houston. I thought he was going to retire there. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. You know, you said who knows, man. I think, like you said, Harden is going to be probably end up being one of those star journeyman players. <laughs> oh yeah, he's definitely going to be that until until he can't. Until what he does best doesn't work no more. Pretty much. Then I feel like he's going to humble himself and say, okay, I'm just not, what I'm doing just ain't, it ain't hitting no more. So now, you know, now now I got to really find somewhere to squeeze in and okay, all right, now let's go win a chip. But will it be too late? (laughs) We don't know. We don't know, bro. We don't. And, and, and we, let's be real, dog. We could be wrong. He could be in Philly and be like, yo, this is where I need to be. I'm cool here. So you never know, man. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, he did say Philly was his first, was his first choice, but do you really believe that? No. But <laughs> we, we, will, we will see. We'll wait and see, man. Shout out to the, um, you know, the NBA, man, All-Star Weekend. You know what I mean? All-Star game tonight. Who you going with, man? East or West? Man, I'm a LeBron James fan through and through. So I'm going with the West, man. I'm going <laughs> yeah, with the West. Yeah. But I will say this, though. I will say this. And this is just for the NBA. If you don't plan on giving us entertaining slam dunk contests oh, no more, yeah, man. just say that yeah, shit, man. man. That was the yeah. worst shit I've ever seen in my life. Not to talk down on the players, but come on, man. What's my guy named um, from Houston? The young boy. Yeah, I forgot my man name. Zero. That's my home. That's my man too. That nigga, man. that nigga had like ten dunk attempts. I'm just yeah. like, dude. Like, I thought you could only get three dunk attempts. I, I, I thought I was so ta- too. I was talking to my homeboy, and he was like, "Nah, it's only when I guess you got to really jump and really attempt to dunk it." But this nigga was running and jumping. He won't even moving the ball. He's running and jumping and going back, doing it again. I mean, it literally sucked the whole life out of the arena for like. 10 minutes. So, I mean, we it, it got to be better. I feel like yeah, we should have sure, one-on-ones. Man. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, bro. That contest, because in the contest that was um All-Star Week in 2001 in D.C., bro, I was there, and that dunk contest is pretty terrible as well, man. So, yeah, What year man, was this? 2001. God so, damn, you was there for that? Yeah, man. It was, it was pretty <laughs> bad, man. That was pretty bad, too, so... You know what I mean? So I'm gonna definitely say, yeah, man, we have to do something with the dunk. I don't know if we need to change the format of the dunk contest or what. <laughs> but I we still have know, another year man. like last night, bro. Next year can't be like last night. Yeah, and then, and then I, I bad enough the damn All Star game was in Cleveland. Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking in Cleveland. Like, come so on, why we gotta have a terrible dunk contest too? Cold ass Cleveland. <laughs> come on, man. What's going on? So yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's just horrible, man. But um, yeah, man. Like I said, this has been a, a, a great episode. You know, Absolutely. for the audience, for the people listening, go ahead and get prepared, man, because you know, my boy Brian's definitely going to be, you know, a regular guest coming up soon. Absolutely. Uh, the next episode I bring y'all, I'm gonna try to have two guests. That was really the plan, but you know, we just couldn't get it situated. But next time I'm gonna have another guest on, and um. I really want to keep this, 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 these mental health conversations going in the podcast and in the episode because oh, we you definitely know, do, we definitely do, because these I, are topics and conversations that need to be had, bro. They, they got to be had in the world we live in, 2022, with social media and everything going on, COVID, and it, it definitely got to be had, man. But um, yeah, like I said, I just thank you so much for coming through, man. Hey, I thank bro, you for anytime, you know, bro. Anytime, like I said, man, I'm here, dog. This is this is I'm here, bro. Definitely, definitely. I thank you for lending me your time and um 
I'm gonna have you back soon, man. So you know, oh, most definitely. Yeah, so for all my listeners, y'all stay tuned, man. Also, hey, hey. Yeah. I was about to tell you the freestyle, but I ain't gonna take it. Hey, bro, don't don't bring it up. I can give you something, bro. No, no, we're we're gonna save it for the next episode. Okay, okay. I'm about to say, I got something for the for the the people, dog. Yeah, we out here. Yeah, we're gonna save it for the next episode. But um, all right, y'all. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Thank you guys for rocking with me. Like I said, I'm your host, Vaughn. This is the For What Is Her podcast. My boy Brian, and we'll see you guys soon. All right. Already, man. Holla.